Hey everybody, welcome back to the second episode of the Well Read Podcast. We are so excited that you're here. I'm Leslie. And I'm Isaac. I'm excited to be back. Glad to be here. I am feeling better. Um, this episode is probably a couple weeks late at this point, and that's because I was sick when we had scheduled to record this episode initially. So here I am, not sick anymore. Um, and so these last two episodes, or this episode and the previous one, were supposed to be a lot closer than they are. They were. Yeah, but uh, I got sick. I'm sorry. Um, but I'm, I'm back. I'm better. And here we are back at the bridge getting to record our podcast. And super grateful again for um, the Danis family for letting us come in here and use their facility to record podcast and thank you for watching along with us if you're on youtube watching if not check out the youtube and you can see what we're talking about if you are on youtube check out the podcast so that you can hear what we're talking about and anyways on that note let's jump into what we were talking about you were you were talking to me earlier about what what this episode is going to be about all right well this episode is going to be about the second half of our mission statement. Do you want to tell our mission statement? Yeah, if I remember it correctly, not word for word, um, our mission statement is to teach people, um, teach anybody really, not just a specific generation, but to teach to teach people how teach people the Bible, how to read it, and why you should read it. I'm pretty sure that's it. Close. Close. So. We're here to teach you the Bible, why you should read it, and how to read it. So you got all three, uh-huh. but why is before how? Why is first. Okay. Which so. is what our last episode was, which speaking uh, of, why don't you give the recap? Last time we talked about why, this time we're talking about how. So yeah. why don't you give us the recap on why? On why. So let's see. If I remember correctly, because, again, it's been a very long time. Um, we talked about why you should read your Bible, and we talked about a lot of different reasons, primarily focusing on the verse in 2 Timothy, uh, is it 2? 3, 16 3, through 17. 3, 16 through 17. It's Second easy Timothy. to remember the 3, 16 because it's all 16. That was, that was I knew it was 16 because of that. I just forgot. I knew there was a 2 in there. The 2 comes from the 2nd, and here we are confusing everyone. Um, no, uh, yeah, it was all around the, the verse from 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17, which talks about um, what the Word of God is useful for, um, among other things, of course. Uh, But yeah, we kind of talked about why you should read the Bible, kind of dissected that verse, those two verses rather, and talked about um, how that's not just applicable for them then, but how that's applicable in our everyday lives, Um, how it's, you know, good for teaching, right? For growing in in righteousness, um, reproof, correction, all these, and I said those way out of order, but the idea is, you know, you have lots of, in that one verse alone, or those two verses alone, kind of explains, hey, the Word of God, it's God-breathed, right? It's from God, and it's good for all these different areas in your life, um, and that's that's kind of what we talk about. We, we talk about how and why that applies to your life, why that's important in your life, and really answer the question, um, how or not how answer the question why we're into how today Bible. today's how so i'm excited for that if you haven't watched or listened to the first episode we definitely recommend going back it's a good yeah. one it'll give you a little bit of context for what we're going to get into today yeah 
But to get started kind of answering this how question, I wanted to ask you, so we're going to look at it. The, the way that you read the Bible is to look at things in context. And I wanted to ask you, why do we need to look at the Bible in context? What does that mean and why do we need to do it? Yeah. Um, so one, right, you want to you wanna look at the Bible in context because uh, the Bible was written thousands of years ago. Um, right. Obviously, it's been translated into modern English and um, it's been translated over the course of several centuries. Um, it's survived lots of just different language changes and things like that. Um, but it, it was written in a language to an audience and, you know, it's, it's applicable to all of our lives. Um, but the Bible specifically is written in old languages and it's written to old audiences in, you know, old time periods. That's not saying it's outdated at all. That's saying that the authors of each individual scripture, each individual book of the Bible, each scroll um, was, was writing either to a specific audience who had context surrounding what they were talking about. And really, you know, cultural differences and, and stuff like that from today versus then, a lot of times we look at scripture and we look at the Bible and we put our modern context onto, um, you know, ancient uh, civilizations and ancient cultures. And so we see all these, you know, maybe metaphors or we see, you know, things that's talked about in the Bible and we take our American or, you know, Western, you know, modern context and we put it onto the Bible. So it's important to, to read the Bible in context and to know the context behind the verses. So is what you're saying that if we don't look at Scripture in context, we're going to let our perspective inform our interpretation of the text rather than, like, let the true interpretation of the text inform our perspective? Yes, in a shorter way than what I was just saying. That was what I was saying. Love that. That's that's why she's here. <laughs> that's why she runs it and not me. So that you get the same idea in less words. Well, no, we needed both. We needed to expand it on, and then we needed it kind of, you know, yeah. shortened. But yeah, I kind of want to expand on what you said a little bit about, like, why that we need to look at things in context. Obviously, as you brought up in our last episode, scripture is God breathed. You, know, you talked about like the Greek word that was used there. It's really cool. You definitely should go back and listen to hear that. It's a really cool fact. Um, but scripture, it's God breathed. It's from the Lord. And obviously, we want God's like original meaning of the text. Mm -hmm. Like the fact that it was God breathed and it's from God means that like we need and want, like, what he intended it to mean. Yeah. We don't want to read something, and it means something, because Leslie wants it to mean that. We want to read yeah. something that it's actually what God, like, meant for it to mean. Yeah. Absolutely. So tell me a little bit about how that you, like, found the context of Second Timothy. Yeah. Um, so the, the context that I looked into, um, a few different tools, and, and, and really, I think before I jump into that, can can you explain to me um, and to, to anybody watching, you know, what exactly is, how, how do you find context, right? What is context of a Bible verse? Okay, well, I kind of want to go back a little bit to the why, because I want to give our listeners or our viewers like an example of 
how that something can be taken out of context in the Bible and yeah. completely misinterpreted. So all of us, or at least most of us, I'm sure, have heard the verse, delight yourselves in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Now, if you just hear that and take it as what you hear, you might, maybe even probably, take that as saying, well, if I, you know, love God, then he's going to give me a new car or he's going to give me the job that I want or he's going to make me rich. You know, like you might take it as, well, if I delight myself in the Lord, he'll give me the desires of my heart. And right now I want to be rich. So if I just put God first, he's going to make me rich. That's not what that verse is saying. It is not. When you look at it in context, the original meaning, when you are truly delighting yourself in the Lord, your desires are going to be shaped by his desires. Mm -hmm. So of course, like he's going to meet your desires because they're going to be his desires and his desire might not be for you to be rich right now or to get a yeah. new car or to get this specific job. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that is why it's a prime example of why we need to look at things in context. Because you could read that verse, think that it means that God's going to give you whatever he want, or whatever you want. And then if he doesn't, you're going to think, well, God didn't fulfill his promise to me. Which, that wasn't what he promised to begin with. You know, you put your own interpretation on that text and took it to right. be true rather than looking at the context and what God meant for it to mean. Yeah. So that's why that we do it. But to answer your question of like, how do we go about getting the context? Uh, one of the methods that I absolutely love, and it's so simple, is asking like, who, what, when, where? Because the context is what was going on at that time, like, who wrote it, mm -hmm. what was, you know, culturally going on, and, you know, obviously, like, what was the original meaning. And to get the original meaning, you need to know everything that was going on. So you ask yourself these questions. Who? Who wrote it? Like, was it written to a specific person? When? When was it written? Where? Where was it written? Was it, like, in the case of the New Testament, like the epistles, is it a letter being sent to another place? What's going on in that place? Where is that place, you know? Mm -hmm. So, like, and then why, of course. Like, what was the, like, purpose of this book or this letter or whatever it is? So, I would say the first step, especially if you've never really, like, studied Scripture before and tried to look at it in context, if you're, you know, a brand new, like, person to studying the Bible, like, that would be a very simple way to start is asking those questions. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and so, I guess... Short answer of how do you read the Bible? Part one, read it in context, right? There's there's a lot of history and information behind every word, and it's they can't give you the context in the text. Otherwise, there would not be, you know, there would be no way to store all that information. That's just too much to give you the context. But we do have the historical context that we can get through other avenues. And to go back to your question from earlier of how did I go about um, diving into that scripture? Um, again, 2 Timothy 3, 16 through 17 um, uh, is here. I'll pull it up. So how did I get into that? Uh-oh, I lost my place. Uh-oh. Well, if you have the Bible. I do have the Bible. I lost my place. Um, yeah, so how did I get into the context of that verse? Um, few different resources, really, um, but I kind of started by asking the questions of how, or, or, or who, rather. Who wrote this? Why did they write it? Who were they writing it to? Um, you know, 
a lot of Paul's letters are written, some to whole churches uh, in specific areas. And a lot of that context comes from the culture in that area, right? Or when in time that area was, you know, flourishing. Um, some letters were written to specific people. Um, and as a matter of fact, uh, Timothy, right, is written to Timothy. Yes. It's written by Paul. Not It's not written by Timothy. It's written by Paul to Timothy. So this is an example. Uh, Timothy was a pastor at a church, and, and we know that through looking at context. The church in Ephesus, yep. actually. So Ephesus, or the Ephesians was written to the church in Ephesus, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, Paul's writing to Timothy, a very young pastor. We know that, again, from looking at context. Timothy is a very young pastor, and so Paul is writing to Timothy, not necessarily to his church. Again, all of this stuff is applicable to our lives um, in, in some way or another, but but he was writing specifically to Tim, uh, Tim, bleh. I keep wanting to say Tiffany. Uh, he was not writing to Tiffany. He was writing to Timothy. Um, oh, that's so funny. <laughs> he was writing to Timothy and um, trying to encourage him and, and build him up as a fellow Christ follower. Um, and so one, who, right? We know Paul wrote it. We know he, he wrote it to Timothy, um, first and second Timothy, both. So you told a little bit about Timothy, which mm-hmm. I think is very important to point out. One, yeah. that he was a young pastor and two in Ephesus, which is kind of like a cool Easter egg almost, yeah. you know. Uh, but tell us a little bit about Paul. You know, we might have some listeners who yeah. are, you know, brand new to you know, Christianity or brand new to the Bible. Maybe they don't know his story. You don't have to, yeah. you know, go too far right. into it, but a snapshot of yeah. the story. So cool thing about the Bible is a lot of other books, right, will refer to other books. And what what I mean by that is we actually know Paul's story from the book of Acts. And the book of Acts is written by a different author at a different time, and it tells us who Paul is. And uh, Paul was a uh, Pharisee which are the religious leaders from um, Jesus' time, uh, Jewish religious leaders, and they did not like Jesus, they did not believe he was the Messiah, and they wanted him killed because he was doing things against tradition. He wasn't breaking any laws, but he was doing things against Jewish tradition, Um, and they were not expecting him. So, anyways, Paul, or Saul was his name. Saul comes along, and Saul is actually responsible for the death and imprisonment of a lot of early Christians. Um, If you've ever heard of the story of the stoning of Stephen, uh, Saul is his name, Paul. Uh, Saul was the one who kind of spearheaded that whole um, execution. He was the one, even says in Acts, in that story, he approved of what they did. So anyways, Saul was a a really bad guy and hated Christians, hated the church, um, persecuted them, executed them, imprisoned them, I mean, made life hard, tried to get rid of them. Well, uh, Paul encounters Jesus on the road to the Dama- uh, the road to Damascus. He's actually on his way to persecute more, more Christians. Christians. <laughs> he encounters Jesus. Jesus appears to him and says, Paul, he says, Saul, what are you doing? Quit it. I don't like what you're doing. And he basically converts then and there, and, and who wouldn't, right? Seeing that image is terrifying. Not in a bad way, but enough to make you go, oh, okay, yep, I'm, I'm doing something wrong. Uh, and so anyways, he converts the Nanair. Uh, Jesus actually changes his name to Paul, 
Um, and from then on out, it, it spends his whole life preaching um, the gospel rather than persecuting people for it. And that, that's a long story. Um, but Paul, we know, was a persecutor of the church and converted to an avid supporter of the church. And that's why he's writing to all these letters. One of the like, like big leaders mm-hmm. of the early church. Oh, yeah. And that's why, I mean, I don't know how much of the New Testament is written by Paul. A lot. But it's a lot. Um, all of these, like Romans, Corinthians, uh, Ephesians, Colossians, Colossians, Galatians. Yep. All of the, and then, you know, Timothy and all of these books written to specific people. Um, First Thessalonians, specific Second Thessalonians. We could go on and on. Paul writes a lot of books in the New Testament. So that's Paul. Um, that's his story. And in a nutshell, and so Paul is writing to Timothy, um, basically to encourage him, is seemingly what a lot of this book um, is is about. Um, there's there's kind of some instructional stuff in there. Again, he's a young pastor, and Paul is, at this point, Paul was already an older man when he well, met Jesus. When when he when Paul's writing this letter to Timothy, you know. This kind of answers the why question and the where. So Paul was actually in prison mm-hmm. in Rome at the time of writing Second Timothy. Yep. And it was written in approximately like 67 AD. You know, Paul is approaching um, death. He's going to be, you know, martyred for his faith in Jesus. And Second Timothy is kind of seen as his last words. You know, Paul knows that like his race is probably coming to an end, and he's writing these words to Timothy, and obviously they apply to the church at large. You know, it's kind of his, like, final, yeah. you know, words. Yeah, so it's almost like a, hey, I'm my time is up. If there's one thing that I want you to know, you know, this is it. Of course, on top of the rest of this, but it's, hey, this is, is what I... I mean, he decided these words were what was important enough to say, finally, you know, the last thing that he was saying before he was, you know, murdered for his faith. And what's really, like, interesting about that is, and this answers kind of the what question, you know, what do we find in Second Timothy? So much of Second Timothy is Paul talking about, like, the importance of sound doctrine, sound mm-hmm. teaching, Scripture being held, you know, in the highest authority, obviously, like, our theme verses for well-read, and, like, the true gospel of Jesus Christ, like, Paul's, you know, final words are mostly about, like, hold to the true gospel, hold the sound doctrine, hold the scripture, um, which is, like, shows how important that scripture Mm -hmm. is and sound teaching is, because that's what you know, Paul wanted to write to this young pastor, you know, if if I have, you know, one last thing to tell you, it's this. Yeah. Hold to God's word. Hold to the gospel. Yeah. Hold to sound teaching. And kind of like what I think about whenever I think about that is that how many people in like American Christianity specifically, you know, have this mindset of like, well, I don't need to know doctrine and theology. Mm-hmm. I don't need to study the Bible, you know? But it's this idea, like, Paul's literally saying, like, these are my last words, and I'm telling you, you need sound teaching. Yeah. You need this. You need scripture. You need the Bible, you know? Yeah. Well, and I think, like, this is why context is so important, right? Um, We we have talked about two verses. And as a matter of fact, we haven't even read those two verses verbatim. 
we read those in the last episode. So if you're lost on those verses, go back and, and listen to that. But um, we've talked about two verses this whole episode. And from that, we've been able to gather all this extra context to show you the importance of these two verses alone. And we haven't even gotten into, like you you just kind of briefly touched on the rest of the chapter, there, or the rest of the book there, rather. Um, but, I mean, we can see the importance of just these two verses alone by knowing the story of Paul, right? Paul literally killed people for, for this belief of believing in Jesus and believing the gospel, right? Has this radical encounter, flips 180 degrees, and is saying, hey, I'm, gonna, I'm willing to lay my own life down for it. What he was doing to other people, he is now like preaching like against what he was doing and preaching for what he was killing people. Like has completely changed his mind. And he knows he's about to be executed. He's about to be martyred for his faith. And this is what he decides to say. Like that right there, if that doesn't show the importance of this verse, this book, the whole scripture. I mean, that's this book is talking about all of scripture, right? And so knowing that context of Paul's story, where he was at, who he was writing to, what, you know, his circumstance while he you was know, writing. talking about, like, Paul's story, and I literally didn't even think about this until right now, so I'm just, you know, going to drop this thought, like, right on the podcast. Let's hear it. Like, Paul's story, you know, he was Jewish, he was a Pharisee, and the Pharisees studied the Old Testament, the Tanakh, you know, like... So much. He probably had the entire Torah, the first five books of the Bible, memorized, which is a crazy thought to think that he would have had all of Leviticus memorized. Yeah. But like, if you've, he, ever, if you've ever read Leviticus, that's one you don't want to try and memorize. Well, our guy Paul had it. Had it. Is up here. You know, he, he believed scripture, you know, even before he knew Jesus, which the Old Testament obviously testified of Jesus. Paul just hadn't really seen it yet. Mm-hmm. And then when he met Jesus, he finally got the full story. You know, yeah. this these words he'd been memorizing became, you know, real for him in a, in a new, different mm-hmm. way. But, like, he always, you know, believed scripture. He just wasn't reading it correctly. He wasn't yeah. seeing Jesus there. But then he met Jesus, started preaching the gospel. And now, like, his last words, he's saying, like, hold to sound teaching. Like, he didn't know scripture like, he didn't know the correct interpretation of Scripture until he met Jesus. Yeah. He didn't realize it was all about Jesus. Yeah. But he loved the Bible, and he liked the Old Testament. He loved it. He believed it. Had books memorized, but he didn't know Jesus. But then he came to know Jesus, realized, oh my goodness, what I've been reading about and being taught about and been teaching about my whole life is this man Jesus. And now he's saying to this pastor, like, hey, like, hold to sound teaching, the true meaning of Scripture, because... Paul knew scripture and didn't know the meaning of scripture. Mm-hmm. And then when he came to know the meaning of scripture, like he was willing to die for it, you know? Yeah. So he, he knew scripture, but he didn't know the context. Right. Right. Then he learned the context and then ended his life saying, scripture is important. And I mean, that's absolutely true. Like he never wavered from that. Even, I mean, I'll say this. He was, killing people and persecuting people based on his belief that the scripture he was reading was important. I mean, it was, but he was reading that scripture out of context and it literally led to him murdering other people. And that sounds wildly 
harsh. And of course, we live in a different day. But the I mean, Paul's life as a whole is a great example of it. But yeah, he didn't have the context. And then like he found the context and his life changed, right? He read scripture. He knew it was important. He always knew that. But he he learned how to read it. And and we have it even easier. And we haven't even talked about some of these resources. And, you know, we're actually going to be putting up some of these resources for free on um, our Instagram. So if you guys aren't following Leslie on Instagram. Well read, Leslie K. Go do that because we're going to be coming up with these cool kind of resource highlights uh, and talking to you about kind of how we found some of this information and where we found it at. But um, we have all these tools that are so just readily available to us, right? We have the internet and the internet's a big place. And so we're going to make it even easier for you guys by highlighting specific resources. Um, but I know you asked earlier kind of how did I find yes. <laughs> some of that context and, and we've had a lot of really great discussion. Um, and you can, you can tell me a little bit about how you did too. But I think for me, um, one, I, I have a study Bible. So this Bible right here is... He got a, it from me for Christmas. Did. Thank you. Because this is a wonderful tool. It really is. Um, this is, you know, the whole, this is the whole Bible front to back. Um, but in the Bible, I'm going to try and find something in the New Testament where they have just more uh, notes than they do verses. Yeah. <laughs> so um, the whole Bible, let's see, I don't know if you can see this, but there is scripture up here. So the top part of this Bible, right? is scripture are the verses, the chapters, everything there. And then there are little footnotes on almost every verse, seemingly. And then there's uh, context down here and extra historical input, extra um, context from, you know, historians, from, you know, biblical scholars, from theologians to all sorts of information. And they just keep it right here at the bottom of the page for you. So if there is ever a verse, and I know when I was reading these verses uh, in, in 2 Timothy, that I absolutely went through down to that bottom section of a study Bible. And just about, I mean, if I'm not mistaken, every study Bible, if not every one of them, at least most of them have a, like sections on almost every page where they give you context um, of every, or at least of a large amount of verses. And what's really cool is this one specifically has, uh, at the beginning of every book, has like a who wrote it. So it actually fills in those questions of context. It has a who wrote it, um, who were they writing it to, when did they write it, you know, a timeline if it was written over a while, um, who, like, what was the, the context around, why did they write it, it even goes into. So you know, we talked about why Paul wrote to Timothy, but it, it gives you that. And so that's how I kind of started was I looked at that. Um, and again, like she mentioned, uh, I kind of gave this interesting little word about one of the words Paul uses when he's writing about the word God breathed. Um, another resource that's out there is called Blue Letter Bible, and that's a website. We love it. It's also an app. Um, the app is free to download. The website's free to use. We do love it. It's, it's awesome. Awesome. Um, but the, the Blue Letter Bible actually has the entire Bible in its original language that it was written in. So you can look at it like... English and Hebrew or English and Greek mm -hmm. side by side. And you might hear us say that and think, well, I don't know Hebrew. I don't know Greek. You know, why do I like, what does that have to do with me? But they literally have like each word, like 
yeah. what it meant, like breaking yeah. down each word. And like you can look at where it was used mm-hmm. other places in scripture, which I love. Yeah. I was going to say that was one of my favorite features about it was the fact that you can. So each each word there, they give a number to. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you can look at each word. You can look at um, the the tense that it was used in. Right. So you could see who, you know, they were referring to and how they got to the translations we got. I mean, it wasn't as simple as, oh, this word means person. So let me translate this Greek word to this English word. It was, hey, like, what person is this word referring to? There's so much information there. You could go scroll for days, weeks, years, actually. I mean, um, you could scroll forever on that thing. But Blue Letter Bible, free resource, free website, free app. Uh, It's got every word broken down by number. And so you can literally go see how many times was this word used? Um, And not just the English word. How many times was this Greek word used? Are there synonyms to it? Was it used to refer to anything else? Something that um, we love to use is is that feature right there. Um, when we were looking at this this verse, the fact that I found about the God breathed phrase um, came from Blue Letter Bible. It that word is used one time in the Bible. It is used one time in actually all of historical texts um, and. That is how we found that out with Blue Letter Bible. So anyways, Blue Letter Bible is a great way to dive into the words themselves. And, you know, Blue Letter Bible may be a more, it's a deeper source, I should say, a deeper resource you can use. Study Bible is kind of a, it, it can, it, it's not necessarily a beginner level source, but it's a great place to start because. And you whether, can have it all in one place. Yeah. Whether you're a beginner or you've been reading the Bible for years or whatever, you know, you've been to seminary, like your, your study Bible is a great place to go to for starters. Blue Letter Bible is a place to go to if you want to learn more, you want to dive deeper. Uh, and there are lots of other resources too, but that's kind of what I use primarily was my study Bible, Blue Letter Bible, um, and then, you know, just kind of other resources around the internet. Um, but that's kind of how I found my context from when I was doing the research for that verse. How about yourself? What did, uh, I mean, what resources were were you using and what are your go-tos? Well, I'll start by saying that um, I also have a study Bible. I have two and I'll talk about each because they both function a little differently and that's kind of why that I use both. So I have one. So this is an ESV study Bible. Um, I also have an ESV study Bible. Um, I think it's made by the same people. His is specifically a men's study Bible. Mine I got in college um, and it's a student's Mm-hmm. study Bible, but I, it's very similar. I think it was made by the same people. Yeah. Um, and it is like his, it kind of looks at the context, you know, historical stuff, what was going on. My other one that I, you got me for Christmas. So we got each other study Bibles. The we other did. one is an NIV life application study Bible. So this one, it's set up the same way that like the top half of the page is the scripture yeah. and the bottom half is more the like notes and commentary. But rather than being like, and it has some like historical facts, context, things like that, but it's a life application Bible. So it's like commentary and notes are more based on how to apply that specific like verse or passage to your life. Yeah. Um, which I think could be beneficial for a lot of people, especially beginners. I think a life application Bible would be great for beginners because as we talked about in our last episode, a lot of times people are like, 
you know, why should I read the Bible? You know, what does this, you know, ancient text have to do with me? Mm-hmm. And the truth is it has everything to do with you. Yeah. And a life application Bible kind of helps you see that. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's, I used both of those resources. Obviously those are not free. Like you're going to have to buy a study Bible. So that one's right. one you're going to make a financial investment in, but I believe it, it's worth it. Uh, but I also use Blue Letter Bible. Um, I think we covered it. Love it. Definitely recommend it. But I, um, one of the resources that I use specifically whenever that I'm trying to find the context um, of a chapter, like answering those who, what, when, where questions, is this website called gotquestions.org. They ha- it's free online. And they have summaries of every single book of the Bible. And it will literally say, like, who wrote this? Paul. When did he write it? Why would, like, what was the purpose of this? What was going on? Like, literally, direct answers to all those questions right there. You literally just would have to Google, Second Timothy got questions. And it'll say, Summary of Second Timothy. Click on it, and literally all that information is right there. Yeah. Um, so I love that, especially, like, when wanting to look at a book as a whole. Because um, I like to read books at a time. Um, but yeah, so those are the main ones that I used here. And then I also used... Um, an online free commentary called Enduring Word. Um, commentaries, obviously, if you were going to buy like a set, that's a financial investment for sure. But online, there are free commentaries like Enduring Word that you know are available for anybody to use. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of what we want to help you know our audience understand is that sometimes people have this idea that. You know, I can't study my Bible deeper because I haven't been to seminary or, you know, I am not on staff at a church or, you know, whatever, whatever their idea of someone being like extra spiritual is. But the truth is, like, we have all of these free resources online that are like, they're free. So you don't have to pay to go to school or buy anything. And two, like, they're easy to use. Like you don't need a seminary degree to use Blue or Bible. It might be right. a little bit of a deeper tool, but like you don't you don't need to be a Greek or Hebrew scholar to use Blue or Bible. You don't right. need to be a Bible scholar to use God Questions. You know what I mean? That's what they are. They do the work yes. on the front end. Yes. They make it easy for you. Yes, exactly. So like we all can read scripture in context yeah. with the correct, you know, like interpretation because of all of these free easy to yeah. use resources that we are very blessed to have access to. Yeah. Man, if you had showed uh, if you had shown Paul a commentary, he would have flipped. <laughs> he would have loved it. Man. Die too young. Yeah. Anyways. Um, <laughs> well, let's before we continue anymore, I I, I do want to give a disclaimer whenever that you're using any resource that's not the Bible itself, yeah, a commentary or a website, you know, what a, even like a book or notes on a study Bible, whatever it is that you're using that is not scripture itself, like definitely test with scripture itself because people who write commentaries or things like that, obviously, they have their own you know, theological views and interpretations, and they might be looking at something incorrectly, you know, so that's kind of something to be aware of Mm -hmm. is that, you know, all these tools are amazing and we recommend using them, but they are not infallible and inerrant. Yeah. The word of God is. Yeah. So that's, yeah, I was to say, and that's not to say that they're not trustworthy. They are, but I mean, even scripture tells us to test, right? What 
people are telling you about the gospel, about scripture. And so, again, not saying that they are not trustworthy. That's absolutely not true. Um, but do understand that there are, of course, lots of different um, theological camps, right? Lots of different um, ideologies about what scripture could mean. Um, and so you do have that kind of implicit bias, if you will, on you know any author of a commentary or some text, website, whatever, um, you know, more quantitative uh, tools like Blue Letter Bible, where they're not really saying, hey, this is what this means. They're just kind of giving you the, hey, this is, this is what this word is, you know, here is some synonyms for this word in English versus, hey, this is a commentary I'm going to dive into a book. Yeah, exactly. Well, I'll say with gut questions that, like, looking at, like, the summaries, like, those are all historical facts. Yeah. That's obviously different. But there are other things on gut questions that are asking about specific theological issues that obviously the people that write that are going to give, like, their interpretation of that theological yeah. issue. And it might not be something you agree with, you know, but ultimately what you agree with should be the Bible. So, like, look at what they said, look at what you think, read scripture, and then form your opinion. Right. Absolutely. Yeah, and so I think to to cap it off, um, you know, the question at hand was was how we answered why why was last time the question at hand was how that's what we answered this time how do you read your Bible um, and you know answer number one was read it in context right you you have all these words on the page and as we saw with Paul who wasn't reading in context he just knew it um, but did not realize what it was talking about. Um, when you don't read scripture in context, you can wildly misinterpret things. I love the example you gave about the verse, you know, about, oh, God's going to give me everything I want. That's awesome. Money in my hand right now. You know, that's, don't pray that. Okay. That's not how that works. Josh, just kidding. Um, he loves it when I call names. That's my brother. Now he's digging himself. A hole. I'm digging himself. A hole. He's going to have to dig something out of that. Um, but no, don't pray. Uh, like, that's hilarious, you guys. Um, no, so read the scripture in context. Um, that's that's part number one, right? How do you read the scripture? Well, read it, but read it in context. Do the, do the extra digging that, that's required. But two, how do you read it? Um, you read it with that context. Like part one is, is you go find the context, but two is, is you read it within the context. And that's what we have, um, it's kind of what we've, we've spent most of the episode talking about is, We've told you how to find that context, um, and then we've told you how to apply that context. And those are two different things, um, I would say. But I think as far as how do you read your Bible, well, one, go in and find the context. How do you do that? Lots of resources available. You take your pick. Um, but then two, on top of that, go and, go and apply that context that you've just learned while you're reading the Scripture. Right, dive into the verses and the words that were made up, or the words that make up the verses. Um, dive into the cultural setting of where they were at, in what time period. Um, that's that's really important to to read and study your Bible that way. And so, hopefully, that's a very helpful and um, exciting kind of cap for this this two part episode. There, there are two points I want to add. Oh, that she's we close. got more. Uh, with the how, I think 
we can't talk about how to read scripture without saying, obviously, um, through lots of prayer. Because if you have trusted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, then that means that you have the Holy Spirit, who is the ultimate teacher, and he obviously knows the true meaning and interpretation of Scripture, and he wants you to know the true meaning and interpretation of Scripture. That's true. So, like, also, like, obviously, all these resources, amazing, but you have the ultimate resource, you know, God himself, Mm -hmm. the Holy Spirit. So if you read something in Scripture that you don't understand you know, you're confused by, you can literally stop right then and say, you know, Holy Spirit, can you give me clarity, you know, about this? And he might like lead you to a resource or a person, you know, who can help you, you know, understand that text or, you know, he might show you himself, you know, whatever that looks like. But obviously, if you're going to approach the word of God, let's definitely include God himself in that process. How How did we get through an entire episode about resources and not mention the Holy Spirit? We should probably repent from that. Yeah, yeah, probably. Anyways. But but we got there. We got there. We did. It just took a little yes. extra time. But yes. Yeah. And the second point that I wanted to make, um, and kind of I got this thought when we were talking about Paul, Paul and how he knew Scripture, but he didn't know God. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do want to make the point that obviously we at Well Read, like, you know, our mission statement is that we're here to teach you the Bible, why you should read it and how to read it. But ultimately, like, we want you to know, like, we want you to know the Word of God, but we want you to know God. Uh, so if you are, you know, reading our posts or listening to our podcasts, watching our videos, whatever, and you, you know, are reading the Bible, but you actually don't have a relationship with God, uh, I definitely want to, like, invite you to do that. Definitely reach out to us. We will have our, you know, email in the description. Um, you can definitely reach out to us, and we'd love to, you know, talk to you about what it means to have a relationship with Jesus, how to begin a relationship with him. Because as we see, Paul is this clearest example mm-hmm. of someone who had books of the Bible memorized, but he didn't have a relationship with God. Yeah. So knowing scripture doesn't equal knowing God. If you know God, knowing scripture will help you know God more. But simply like memorizing verses will not save you. Yeah. Reading these resources will not save you. No. Only Jesus can do that. So that's right. Yeah. Well, do you have anything else to to add to the episode? I don't. I think that we pretty well covered our bases. Obviously, like this is our mission statement, so we're gonna keep coming back to why and how. Yeah. But we kinda I think gave a pretty good general answer to both questions. Yeah, I agree. I think that it was important to lay the groundwork of why. Why read it? Why are we doing what we do? Right? How? How do you read it? Like how can we teach you to read how to read the Bible if we don't ourselves know how. So that's why we, you know, we did the research, we did the work to to kind of explain, hey, what's our process? And, and we've taught you or told you how we learned and how we do it. And obviously there are other ways. So, yeah, I, uh, I don't, I also don't have anything to add. So take it away. All right. Well, thank you guys for listening. Thank you again to The Bridge for letting us record here. Mm. And we hope that you guys will, you know, subscribe, follow us on Instagram, subscribe to our website itself, because you'll get emails every time that we, you know, have a new blog post. So definitely check that out. And we are excited for our next podcast where we hopefully will have a fun guest for you guys to get to know. Yeah. Can't wait. Uh, and, And my hope is that it's on time. Yes, me too. Let's pray for that. Let's do it. Let's all just bow for prayer right now. You ever watch the video where they do that on the video? Yeah.
it's just kind of it's uncomfortable they're like everybody let's bow for prayer and you're just sitting in a living room with other people and you're like am i about to pray with this person on a video that recorded this months ago well sounds like you've been in that situation before i have i have been in that situation all right bye guys